Well, hello, hello, and welcome to The Kitchen Table. This is Arctic Eric, and you're listening to the podcast Fika with Arctic Eric. Fika, freedom in Christ Jesus always. The freedom to know him more deeply and intimately. The freedom to hear his voice. And the freedom to share him with others. Listen, I know you have a busy schedule like most of us, and I so appreciate you taking these moments, these minutes out of your day to be here at the kitchen table. We're continuing on the topic, on the subject of deliverance, oftenly called personal deliverance. This is part eight, and I do encourage you, if you haven't listened to the first seven parts, you might want to because it does lay a a background or a foundation for, as we say, where I'm coming from when I talk about deliverance, personal deliverance. Again, this is part eight, and it is the change of mind and will, also called the crucified flesh. So let's dig into it here at the kitchen table. Beginning in Galatians chapter 5, verse 24, we read this, that those who belong to Christ Jesus the Messiah have crucified the flesh, the godless, sinful human nature, with its passions and appetites and desires. It begins reminding us that uh, this all has to do with those who belong to Jesus Christ. If you have not yet capitulated, surrendered, given up, and accepted Jesus Christ as the only way, the only one, the Son of the living God who died for your sins and was resurrected from the dead by God to justify you through faith in him, then this would be a marvelous day to do it. But Paul, of course, is writing to believers in Galatians, and he is lifting up the subject of the crucified flesh. Let's continue to look at it. You know, the thing that's wonderful about the Word of God, Scripture, the Holy Bible, is that the author, the inspirator of Scripture, the Holy Spirit, lives temples, tabernacles, not only amidst us when we gather, but also in the life of the individual believer. That means that Scripture is trustworthy because God can be trusted. It means that it is possible that God will use Scripture to interpret, to clarify other Scripture. It's all one marvelous redemption story. So let's look and and see here in Romans chapter 6, verses 6 and 7, to bring some light upon this crucified flesh that Paul wrote to the Galatians about. Again, that godless, sinful human nature. That old nature has passions and appetites and desires. It's very lustful. Lust being, I want it right now. Romans 6. We know that our old self, our human nature without the Holy Spirit, was nailed to the cross with him in order that our body of sin might be done away with so that we would no longer be slaves to sin. For the person who has died with Christ has been freed from the power of sin. 
Now, we've been talking here at the kitchen table about deliverance and different stages or phases of deliverance. I now want to break that into three pieces. We have, as we talked about earlier, the initial encounter with God, that initial deliverance, that being delivered from the kingdom of darkness and translated into the kingdom of the dear son. And then we have deliverance continues. We have progressive deliverance, also referred to as sanctification. That's a process of God working in us as we walk with Christ Jesus, led by the Spirit, empowered by the Spirit, Scripture enlightened in our lives and embracing God and His ability to do that which He desires to do to complete that which He began, that progressive deliverance. And then at the end of this series, we're going to look specifically at what is often first thought about when deliverance or personal deliverance is thought about, and that is power encounters, power deliverance, where the name of Jesus sets captives free. Okay, so we can see that it is through the Holy Spirit that we are set free Isn't that marvelous? Through that indwelling Holy Spirit. For the one who has died, those of us who reckon ourselves dead in Christ Jesus, living not after our own desires, but living after his spirit in us, that we're freed from the power of sin. Paul goes on in Romans chapter 8, for those who are living according to the flesh and are controlled by its unholy desires, set their minds and purpose on things which gratify the flesh, which gratify the body. But those who are living according to the Spirit are controlled by the desires of the Spirit. They set their minds on the things of the Spirit and seek those things which gratify the Holy Spirit, His will and purpose. So we can see here very, very clearly that if we're being led by our old nature, then unholy desires, things that are in opposition to God's best for our life, they're going to be filling our minds. And, and if we'll dwell on the wrong things, before long we'll begin to lust after the wrong things, and then we'll desire to gratify those desires. But there's the only antidote I know about in Scripture to that old nature, to those old desires, and that is by the Spirit, because those who are living, not just having met Christ, but living, not just having met the Spirit, but living according to the Spirit, those who are willing, those who are willing to be controlled by what the Spirit desires, those who are willing to set their minds on the things of the Spirit, those who are willing to seek the things which gratify the Holy Spirit, those which seek God's will and purpose, that it be done in, for, and through them by the person of the Holy Spirit, well, that's the only antidote, to be that person who desires God to be Lord, to be King, to be mastered, that our minds be continually renewed and transformed by the Word of God so that we can know what in the world it is that God wants to do. Too many of us read the Bible as a to-do or a to-don't list, and it just doesn't work that way. But when we know what God wants to do and say yes to Him, capitulating to Him, 
a change of mind and will, saying no to the flesh and yes to God, he will do it. He will continue that progressive deliverance, that sanctifying process. Colossians 3.5, Paul continues to expand on that first verse we looked at here at the kitchen table, Galatians 5. But in Colossians 3, Paul says this in verse 5. He says, so put to death and deprive of power the evil longings in your earthly body with its sensual, self-centered instincts immorality, impurity, sinful passion, evil desire, and greed, which is a kind of idolatry. Why? Because it replaces your devotion to God. So kill, deaden, deprive of power the evil desire lurking in your members, those animal impulses, and all that is earthly, and all that is earthly, and all that is earthly in you that is employed in sin, sexual vice, impurity, sensual appetites, unholy desires, and all greed and covetousness, for that is idolatry, the deifying of self and other created things instead of God. So again, we see the battle here. Paul says, so you put it to death. You make that decision. I count myself as a dead man. I reckon myself dead to my desires and that I'm trusting God by his spirit that he fill me with his desires according to scripture and that through the power of the person of the Holy Spirit, my desires will change and according to my will, my will that his will be done, my will that his desires be accomplished in my life will crush that evil desire. Listen, you can't live in a vacuum. You can't live in neutral. Either you are seeking with God's help him and his kingdom first, that which he desires to do, or you're seeking selfish things, and selfish things bear disgusting fruit. But the Holy Spirit bears marvelous fruit. So what is additional uh, things that we can do in this case of a changed mind, changed will, or crucified flesh? Well, Colossians, we continue in chapter 3, verse 12. Paul says, so clothe yourselves as God's own chosen ones, his own picked representative who are purified and holy and well-beloved by God himself by putting on behavior marked by tender-hearted pity and mercy, kind feeling, a lowly opinion of yourselves, gentle ways, and patience, which is tireless and long-suffering and has the power to endure whatever comes with good temper. So, listen, we clothe ourselves in Christ. What is that? Well, we take a bath in the blood of Jesus. We're washed clean in the blood of Jesus when we said yes to him. We choose God's desires. Listen, God says that his own, that's you and me who believe, we who believe, are purified and holy, and we are beloved by God himself and that he will help us to be tender-hearty, to have pity and mercy. He will do these things. He'll place that gentle spirit in us. Will we let him? 
That's the question. It isn't how do I do it, no. It's will we let him do what he desires to do. I see this is a bit longer than my normal goal of 10 minutes with you here at the kitchen table, but hang in there. I've got a couple verses left, and then you can continue on your day. Hope you're encouraged today. 2 Timothy 2.22 says, Run away from youthful lusts, flee from them, and aim at and pursue righteousness. What is that? It's virtuous, good, right living, conformity to the will of God in thought, word, and deed. Listen, if we're going to be conformed to the will of God in thought, then we need to spend time with him in the scriptures. Spending time with Jesus, the bread of life who comes down from heaven, who says, take this day, eat this day your daily bread, Christ Jesus in Scripture. You say, well, I have a hard time opening my Bible. Well, give the problem, give the challenge to God. Say, God, you need to help me here. I want to know what your will is, not only in my thoughts, but as I know that, that I'm able to speak and do through your ability that which Scripture reveals, so that I might aim at and pursue faith, love, peace, and fellowship with all Christians who call upon the Lord out of a pure heart. We'll close this discussion here, part eight of deliverance, uh, change of mind and will in the crucified flesh uh, with Titus 3. Remind people to be submissive and subject to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready and willing to do good, to slander or abuse or speak evil of no one, to avoid being contentious, to be kind, yielding, conciliatory, and gentle, showing unqualified consideration and courtesy toward everyone. For we too once were thoughtless, senseless, foolish, disobedient, deceived, enslaved to various sinful desires and pleasures, spending and wasting our life in malice and envy hateful, hating one another. So what's the solution? Well, it's always the same. It's more of Jesus Christ in the center of our minds, in the center of our will, and in the center of our thoughts, that we will be those people whom God has recreated us to be, that Christ be formed in us in accordance with Scripture, through the power of the indwelling Holy Spirit, that as our minds change, we can say, yes, Lord, and that we're willing to embrace what God has done in Christ, what he will do in the future in Christ, and what he desires to do in your life today. May all of it bring glory to God as Christ is glorified in and through your life. Well, thanks again for being here at the kitchen table. This has been part eight of the Deliverance series, series that change of mind will the crucified flesh. Listen, I want to pray that best prayer that I know to pray. And here it is. May God's good, perfect, and acceptable will be done for you, in you, and through you 
today. God bless you. Good day.